Hey, this is Michael Emery. Thanks for tuning into the Slow Baja. This podcast is powered by Tequila Fortaleza, handmade in small batches, and hands down, my favorite tequila. I always say, ask your doctor if Baja is right for you. Well, right now, folks, it's the open enrollment period for the Slow Baja Vintage Expedition. For vehicles 1993 and older and motorcycles 1980 and older, and I'm not going to tell you any more about the motorcycles because the motorcycle side is already sold out. Teamed up with Adam Sheard at Speed Deluxe, and that side is closed. So if you're coming, you're coming on four wheels. It's October 15th through the 20th, 2023. We're going to start out at a hotel. We're going to end at a hotel. We're going to have four nights of camping under the stars on private land. We've got a chef and a team that's going to prepare fabulous, fabulous food. Got great dirt roads, good people, and great old trucks. If this sounds like the way you'd like to experience Slow Baja, well, you got to reach out. The information is at slowbaja.com. On the new adventures tab, you can click the Slow Baja Vintage Expedition at slowbaja.com slash adventures. And if you're ready to pull the trigger and sign up, well, over there at the uh, Slow Baja shop at slowbaja.com, you can click on the deposit uh, ticket and uh, pull the trigger. And I will see you in Baja in October at the Slow Baja Vintage Expedition. Next event I want to tell you about is the Slow Baja Rally. Now, this one doesn't have many rules. It's February 23rd through March 3rd, 2024, and it's for anything you've got on wheels. So if you've got a Sprinter van, if you've got a Vespa, you can do this event any way you want. It's really about going slow and saying hello, community, camaraderie. We're going to have a big party before we leave in San Diego. You're going to get to meet some travel buddies. And for those folks on the dirt, you're going to have some friends with you. And for those folks on the pavement, you're going to find some folks who want to travel with you and at your pace. And again, what we're doing here is being where we are, fewer miles, more smiles, getting into camp. We're going to have the pre-selected campsites, getting into camp during the daytime, putting up your tent, popping open a cold one, sharing with your neighbors. Maybe you're going to cook a little meal together. You're going to play a little freeform bocce ball on the beach or go for a swim. But it's really a much more relaxed pace than some of these other rallies that need to be the biggest and the baddest and cover the most miles. We're going to cover the best miles with the most smiles. I guarantee it. Slowbaja.com slash adventures for more information. It's the Slow Baja Rally, February 23rd through March 3rd, 2024. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Slow Baja today. My heaping dose of gratitude goes out to all those folks who have signed up for the Slow Baja Vintage Expedition. They've sent in their deposits. They're coming. They've gotten the hall pass from their spouse or they're bringing their spouse and they're bringing their old truck and they're getting stuff done and ticked off the list and I'm just stoked that folks are making the leap to come on this epic adventure. Um, You know I drive an old truck in Baja all the time I don't even think about it but folks who have these cool old rigs they barely drive them on dirt and they certainly rarely drive them on dirt in Baja so for the folks who have decided to step up and take the leap and come with. I'm really excited. We're going to have a great trip. We've got a great bunch of folks coming. I'm not going to tell you who's on the trip, but it's it's really special. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to today's guest. Adam Sheard runs Speed Deluxe in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and that's a motorcycle restoration shop for vintage bikes, and he is my partner in this endeavor. Adam's been running the 
Speed Deluxe Vintage Adventures for the last decade or so, and he runs off-road dirt bike vintage bike trips all over the United States. And we teamed up for his first Baja offering. We've been talking about it for a long time. We've got it done. We've got the course nailed. We dotted all the I's. We crossed all the T's. We've got all the campsites. We've got every inch of road, 2,200 plus miles into picking out, I don't know, about 700 miles of prime Baja dirt. And it's really going to be special. So without further ado, Adam Sheard, Speed Deluxe, talking about our slow Baja Speed Deluxe adventure. Adam Sheard, welcome, amigo. We've spent so much time together lately. We're like old pals. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. We've been been through a few things together in the last week and then a week together in uh, July as well. So it's been great. A week in July was the week we just had. <laughs> that shows you where I'm at. <laughs> We're a week in May. We had a May. week in May in my May. Land Cruiser, oh, and we had a week. And we just wrapped up a week <laughs> in uh, July, 1100 miles, uh, finalizing the scouting for the Slow Baja Vintage Expedition and the Speed Deluxe Baja Expedition, right? Yes, the, the Speed Deluxe Vintage Adventures Baja Expedition. That's a bit long-winded, but company name and expedition name, yeah. So I think that fully explains it. Can you tell me what your company does? Yeah, so, um, well, Speed Deluxe itself is a vintage motorcycle shop, um, which we started um, just over 10 years ago. And um, I guess eight, nearly nine years ago, we decided to start doing some uh, vintage motorcycle trips. Um, so Speed Deluxe Vintage Adventures was a spin-off of the of the company, and um, so we've that's what we've been doing for the last nearly ten years. Um, I think I think we're in our ninth year this year. Um, so yeah, pre nineteen eighty motorcycles on three and five day rides. And you you've been doing that all over the the United States. You're in Chattanooga. You're from England, obviously. If folks haven't. Figured that out from your yeah. your accent. <laughs> you're you're from England. Uh, you're living in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I stopped by and saw you on a cross country drive when we started talking about putting together a Baja trip. Um, and you're running these events in the South and in uh, this. Well, you tell me where are you running these trips? Yeah. So we um, we the first few years, of course, we we started slow, just one one event a year, and um, so we've been doing since. I think the first four or five years, we basically did them in the southeast. So um, Tennessee, of course, that's where we're from. We base a lot of our rides from there. Um, Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, I think is the states we've been in the southeast. Um, and, of course, we're, Chattanooga is right on the border with Alabama and Georgia um, and only an hour and a half away from North Carolina. So... Um, a lot of our trips in the east actually cover two to three states um, and then three or four years ago we started to move out into other states um, so we've done um, Utah a couple of times um, most recently this year and uh, Arizona and then we're in Colorado next year we've got a trip we're trying to plan a trip for Oregon uh, the year after that um, also thinking about Japan in 2025 as well. So we're, we're slowly moving around the States um, and want to try and cover 
all the states have some good riding. So we're predominantly um, up until now we've we've really done kind of dual sport rides, what we call a dual sport ride. Um, most of our rides are around seventy five ish percent off road, uh, and then next year we're branching into doing some road rides as well. Just a, a first initial foray into that in the North Carolina. Um, so yeah, that's what we kind of we're up to and where we're going. So hopefully we can cover all the states that have got really good riding um, in the future. So yeah, so we team we teamed up for the Baja um, Vintage coming up in October. And you've got such a robust following that you you basically put it out to your your um, known clients and your your folks who've been with you on these rides before and sold out rapidly. Yeah, well, never yeah. really open to the public. So no, it's, it's never open to the public. Um, I think with Baja, um, you know, it's it's a little bit different to the the US, um, just in terms of um, you know. Um, even things like, you know, if something does go wrong, which is very rare, but, you know, um, emergency services and, you know, it's, it's just a different country, honestly. And we wanted to, for this first time into Baja. Literally. <laughs> we, yeah, 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 literally. We wanted to make sure we had a really good solid crew. So um, what I did was just shot an email out to not even our, honestly, not even our um, previous riders, but a select group um that we knew um were a certain skill level and their bikes were always a certain level of preparedness so um yeah coming off that we i think 95 percent of the people responded within a day and were like sign me up yeah that's awesome that really speaks i think volumes of the uh following that you've built and um, how people uh trust you in this endeavor to find the right routes and put them onto an awful lot of fun uh, and basically you do all the legwork. I mean, we have, we have done a lot yeah. of legwork. <laughs> we we've have yeah. a lot of calls. We've dog-eared our benchmark maps. You're, I mean, we're, we're looking at the digital stuff. We're looking at the paper stuff. We're driving now. We've driven, I don't know. We've driven over 2,000 miles. Easily over 2,000. Yeah, to get lessons, to really get probably 700 miles of usable stuff. So. Yeah. It's going to be pretty epic. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and this last week is... Um, you know, we got some great stuff in uh, in May, as it turns out. And um, but this this last week has really cemented what's going to be a really fantastic trip. So we met on the Nora Mexican One Thousand Twenty Twenty Two, and you soloed a nineteen sixty six Triumph on that. And Nora just doesn't have people doing this crazy stuff. I mean, people are they have vintage guys, and they have vintage bikes, but vintage bikes are not like nineteen sixty six vintage. Nobody's nobody's really doing that no i think the um the closest bike to me in age was 1986 so uh 20 years and uh in dirt bike terms 20 years is a is a lot um it really is a lot um so but it's it was something that you know i've wanted to do for quite a long time and uh you know to me a peninsula run on a vintage triumph like they did back in 68 and and around that that period was just to me like a it seemed like a, a real bucket list thing to do to be honest like it was really up there in the top five um and it was it was hard <laughs> not gonna lie it was difficult but um it was a fantastic experience and to finish it and then 
you know, I was, was the only one in my class, but I did win the class by essentially not being defeated by Baja, which is... Which is a huge, huge, huge accolade not to be defeated by Baja. Yeah, no, it, re- it really is. It really is. It's very easy to be defeated by the, the Peninsula for sure. So uh, you, you, that's where we met. Um, we followed up, started some conversations uh, last year, and we've gotten to this point where we've had a week-long trip in May in my old Land Cruiser, and then we just wrapped up this magnificent week. I'm still a little dazed, frankly. Like, did we just see all of that on this trip? But when, when you are scouting a trip in the States, um, how, do you explain, how do you explain the difference in dirt here versus the difference in dirt there? I mean, you're all over the United States, southwest, southeast. Yeah, it's um, it certainly in, in the U.S., it's especially in the east. You know, east of the Mississippi, um, a lot of stuff we use is uh, forest service tree roads and things like that, which are, are reasonably well groomed. You, you know, there are areas which aren't, um, but generally speaking, they are, you know, of a reasonable standard. Let's say. Um, and then you move west of Mississippi, um, and things get a little bit different, for sure. BLM land, um, you know, not everything is as well maintained as it is in the east. Um, so that's one thing, and they are definitely more difficult rides. Our rides in the west are definitely more orientated to um, bikes that were designed by the manufacturer as enduro bikes. Um, you know, not not the scrambler type bikes that you know the triumphs and the the honda cls and things like that it's totally doable on those bikes but it's a lot easier on a on a fixed enduro bike and then you get into baja and um it kind of steps it up on another level um you know the one of the biggest things i fa- i didn't realize until i first came to Baja was how much mountain there was down the peninsula so that's a huge factor. You've got to get across the mountains um, if you want to go, you know, from coast to coast, that kind of thing. But east then, to west. Yeah, east to west, yeah. Right. And um, then you've got the fact that this place has been raced for the last um, 50 years. Um, and that a lot of these dirt roads that you see on the map are just, you know, they're just whooped out. They're, um, you know, unless you're in a trophy truck, they're super difficult you know um and then you've got stuff that uh, you know especially as we found out this week they're really just kind of rock crawling um um roads that last happen to last 10 20 30 miles so um it's much more difficult you know um normally a route takes me you know around about a week in that area to figure out after you know i've obviously done a lot of pre-planning and got a route planned out um but you know baja has, has taken us double the time and honestly we could spend even more time to keep refining it and refining it so it's definitely um it's a challenging place in a lot of regards um but especially in route planning so why vintage um you know i've been into vintage cars specifically since i was 15 or 16 um i'm not entirely sure why really to be honest but they've always held an attraction to me um and i've always been quite a ma- mechanically minded um and then when i started getting into bikes i you know i rode a modern bike initially um 
and I was kind of taking a break from from projects and mechanical things and that of that nature and uh but eventually that bug bites again and you know I think it's something about the you know even the the aesthetic design the timeless design of some of these bikes and cars it's just there's something about them that stirs something inside me you know um and you know they're not easy either which I think is part of the attraction for me you know you don't get in and turn the key every time and it starts um that's what you hope but it doesn't always happen you know uh things break down things break you fix them and to me you know to a lot of people that's not ideal um it's not what they want they want the they want the car that looks different to everybody else's but putting up with everything else is not quite really what they want but for me it's like that's the character that's the character of that bike you know it really feels alive like i always say you know let's talk about um for example triumphs versus bmws vintage bmws bmw did such a good job of those bikes that even a 50s one is quite refined and can go on a highway at 70 miles an hour and and do a great job they're really smooth and you know they're beautiful to look at they ride great they're reliable they're smooth everything fantastic i don't particularly like them because they are too refined like you get on i get on a triumph which triumph is my you know my, my one of my favorites you get on a Triumph and that thing, you kick it over and there's something about it, the vibration, everything else. It just feels alive, you know. It's There's something about it. It's like it's actually alive in its unrefined nature. It's raw. Yeah, it's raw. And yeah, raw. It's and raw BMW experience. is refined. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, anybody that's ridden a, a vintage BMW, I'm sure, would, would agree with me. Um, and anybody that's re- ridden a vintage Triumph would totally agree with me as well. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the unrefined nature of it i get pleasure from it it cars and bikes you know it's um something about and and just even especially with like the bar half thing i've got a um a bonneville kind of fantasy as well it's kind of reliving the past you know what i see as the the heyday of of motorsports or um car design or motorcycle design um you know that that to me has been lost over the years with technology and, and things like that you know everything now i mean nobody can say that this is not true but every everything now looks the same you know even bikes cars you can go and buy a sports bike well you can barely tell the manufacturer other than the color of them you know whereas back in the 50s and 60s you knew straight away that's a bsa that's a triumph that's a harley davidson you know that's the that's i, I just love it like um it's just it's just part of who I am now, I guess. There's, there's no going back. And what's your take on the people who are willing to ride, subject themselves to the punishment of a vehicle from another era as their primary um, mode for a, for a bucket list ex- adventure? I mean, like, that that's saying something. Like, you could do these things a lot easier on a modern bike and be a lot comfier. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. There's... Um on our trips, and I think the reason that we still do our trips is the people. Um, the people we've met over the years, um, whether they've done one ride with us or ten riders, rides with us, um, the people are just fantastic. Um, they've obviously got something a little bit 
wrong with them (laughs) (laughs) um you know uh, obviously include both of ourselves in that i think so um you know uh the it and the kind of crazy thing is actually is they're from all walks of life all ages um you know male female age differences um political differences backgrounds everything you name it they're all from a different thing and when we come together we've got this one passion in 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 common and all that other stuff goes to the wayside um and it's really fantastic it's just um like i say the people um 99 of the people on our trips even more than that have just been fantastic people that we and some of them are now you know lifelong friends um and not just with me and, and my wife jamie but with with all the other people on the trip you know we have guys that come back year after year and it's um you know hugging and, and back slapping and all that kind of stuff and just real pleasure to you can see that how happy they are to see each other um and and to go through another you know five days and a thousand miles because our, our, our five day rides are a thousand miles and we do a three day that's 500 or around about there um you know and they know that these guys they might be on the bikes till 10 30 11 o'clock at night sometimes you know breakdowns happen and all that kind of stuff but you know i've been out there with those guys every time it's been that late and they just embrace it it's amazing to see the the attitude and um camaraderie um amongst these people is just it's just amazing it really is and it's something whatever it is inside them they they're just great people and they love riding these bikes and you know it is a challenge i think that's the other thing like uh, people want to challenge themselves generally well these guys do anyway clearly um so you know they they come for a challenge and they do get it we don't make it easy on them um maybe people enjoy communal suffering you know whether it's the hot weather of this place or the cold weather of that place or the rain or what have you or your team loses all the time maybe communal suffering and getting through an experience that's difficult together forms a bond i don't know i think it definitely yeah you're right this it's it's that's for sure true um and it does it definitely does form that bond um between the guys and, and girls and um yeah i just uh i think especially well i think it's i think character gets revealed in in difficult oh, circumstances uh, yeah <laughs> that's, that's that's when it's easy and it's going well and that doesn't really re- reveal any character but when it gets difficult when the going gets tough yeah as they when the say, chips are down yeah that's when the character gets revealed yeah and these guys you know always say it like um you, the other thing is the the people that come on our trips are of mixed mechanical background um some people can't change their light bulb some people Me. some people have rebuilt the entire bike top to top to bottom engine included everything um you know some guys are um been riding 30 years 40 years 50 years and some have been riding a year you know um some of our trips some, especially some of the shorter ones um there's got there's there's people that haven't been um really off road too frequently to be honest um and we we embrace everybody embraces them if you've got a good attitude everybody on our trips embraces you if you're slow if your bike breaks if you're uh, too fast if you whatever as long as you have a good attitude everybody embraces you and if you break down somebody else's tool 
roll is out before yours and ready to fix it and get it going you know it's um it is a kind of community like a micro community of people um that that want to challenge have these bikes and actually want to ride them you know they don't just want to go to the local bike meet or the coffee shop or you know for a quick whip around town they and not there's anything wrong with that um you know i'm all for whatever people want to do with their bikes or cars but these guys really want to challenge themselves and and actually put these bikes to the 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 test. what they're built for that's what they're built for exactly like the you know yamaha didn't make the xt500 to to uh go to starbucks they they made it to um go on trails and and you know create enjoyment and that and that's exactly what these guys do on these bikes they take them for what they were intended for in 19 you know 74 or whatever and um they use them and some of these bikes come onto the trail fully restored and they don't leave that way that's for sure (laughs) you know um so good on those people for for getting those bikes ready and and really riding them here at slow baja we can't wait to drive our old land cruiser south of the border and when we go we'll be going with baja bound insurance their website's fast and easy to use check them out at bajabound.com that's bajabound.com serving Mexico travelers since 1994. Big thanks to my new sponsor, Nomad Wheels. They stepped up and sponsored the Slow Baja Safari class at the Nora Mexican 1000. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but Slow Baja is running a set of 501 convoys in utility gray, and they look pretty damn sharp. They were a little shiny. I will admit that they were a little shiny when uh, I got them installed at Basil's Garage just before the Nora Mexican 1000. But after, I don't know, 3,800 miles of Baja dirt, they look perfect. They really do. Nomadwheels.com. That's right. Check them out. Reflecting a minimalist approach to off-road travel. Nomadwheels.com. Hey, we have spent a lot of time driving this beautiful country together thousand miles or more in my old land cruiser nearly 1100 in the last week in this beautiful raptor um i think we've put together a rather spectacular route can i can i ask you to put you on the spot for a couple of the highlights i mean the first day is just spectacular yeah without doubt um in fact the the entire trip really is, is spectacular i think we've hit um hit it out of the park yeah we've we've certainly touched all the bases for sure um of northern baja i feel like anyway um you know there there is other areas that we we obviously couldn't cover but um you know even just coming out of san felipe um diablo lake is obviously quite you know if you've raced down there it's quite iconic Iconic, um you know just blitzing across that thing is 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 a lot of fun or going very slow across that thing which is what we'll be doing (laughs) that's exactly what we'll be doing um you know and you've got the um the mountains in front of you i can't remember the, the range name but um you know they're just right there i think the highest point in in baja is there as well yeah we saw the um, observatory of san pedro de matir there and you know that's I, i'm don't quote me folks david Keir, i'm going to get this wrong ten thousand ish feet right that's yeah, the, something around there yeah. yeah yeah so you're staring into these beautiful mountains as you're driving across the, the lake and then take it away yeah, and then, you know, then we actually go up into that into that range, and um, 
you know, across, if effectively wake, make our way across the West Coast. Yeah, um, not to Mike's Sky Ranch, but right by it. Yeah, right by it. Um, and they, those roads are just fantastic. And uh, up into like the, the pine forest up there and, um, you know, through the valleys, um, through the mountains and stuff, go, going over to the West Coast. And then, you know, we drop in um, down towards... Um, well, we drop into Valle Trinidad for some mm. fabulous tacos. So that was that's nothing wrong with that. Not, nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> um, you know, and then we're making our way to the west coast and 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 down. And I mean, I don't know how many places um, you can drive down the beach. San Catin, um, yeah, we're we're heading you know down the coast into San Catin. So we've we've left Terra Peninsula and San Catin, or south of San Catin. And we've had this fabulous uh, trip out into the the wilderness there. Beautiful um, coast. We're right there. It's, it's protected uh, lands. We've got Nathan from Legends Overlanding has made that, that fabulous connection for us for Terra Peninsular. And now we're heading, heading on south. the road towards Catavina. Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're heading up into the hills first of all, and uh, on some magnificent magnificent trails with some amazing views, um, and then dropping back down into Santa Rosalita. Santa Rosalita. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and um, and Sonata and Sanitas. Uh, your old friend Hayden was um, mashing the names. <laughs> I'll, I'll, all the way up and down the peninsula. There's a lot of Santas. Yeah. Let's, let's just say that. And I can't yeah. remember them all Sa- quite yet. Exactly. Um, Santa Rosalita. I'm getting there. Um, and then, you know, on our, on our way to Catavina, we we were into the the cactus fields and the rock fields, which are just, I mean... It, it it's iconic of, Baja. Yeah, when you think of Baja, that's kind of It's iconic Baja. Of, um, I'm expecting, you know, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner to go ripping through there. Well, we definitely saw some Roadrunners this we week. We did. We so, didn't see uh, Wiley Hopefully Coyotes. we don't see Wiley, but the, the Roadrunners will hopefully be there because that's that's really cool to see. Um, and then we've just got a great camp spot, um, you know, off the beaten track in amongst the cacti and the, and the rocks and just be... Uh, spectacular really the funny thing is before this trip i did not know that you had this rock thing <laughs> yeah no, it's, uh, i'm a i'm a big fan of the rocks and um was it from nathan because i know he's like rock he's rock he's he's crazy i mean, I mean he's, the dude he, is absolutely obsessed with he rocks. is literally as rock crazy as you can get what was that bell rock that he just kept dropping to hear it i mean it's like a you it's know, a huge. It's a. It was like a three pound or three foot wide rock, and he just kept dropping it to hear go ding. Yeah, we were ding. I thought we were ding. moving that thing out of the way, but um, apparently we we're just playing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, 160 degree heat. Maybe we should move it, or maybe we should play it. I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. So Catavina is so special, so incredibly special. The terrain, the cave paintings, the boulders, the cactus. We we spent a lot of time in that area, and I think the trail that we ended up landing on is stunning, and the yeah. campsite is stunning. Uh, absolutely, we had a couple of camping options down there, um, and we spent an extra day um, just in that area just to try and get it right and get and and kind of do the area justice in the time we had to spend there. You know, um, and I think we did it. I think we we nailed it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Then another dry lake. And back, um, we took a, we took Punta Fanal the hard way. I would say. 
Yeah, we thought we had a um, what looked like a from from above from from from, space. from satellite view looked like a really great road um, over the mountains to Punta Final and um, turned out to be a more of a rock crawling expedition. Um, it turned out to be a dry river or creek. Try, turned out to be a dry creek full of boulders. Yeah, it looked gray and lovely from satellite from from space. Yeah, which a lot of, a lot of them do, and uh, yeah, the um, the raptor did amazingly. But you know, I had no preconceived um, ideas of how the raptor would do in in that kind of terrain, um, and it was it was actually fairly amazing. So fair play to Ford for that. Um, but yeah, that was. And I think honestly, I'm going to say that the in the skilled hands of our driver guide um nathan stewart at legends overlanding i mean this guy threaded that thing through a pretty narrow uh uh space over these incredible obstacles and i was a little bit of marlon perkins on this one you know i said i'm gonna st- i'll stay in the jeep while jim wrestles the <laughs> anaconda you guys are out there throwing these huge boulders around i'm nursing a hernia and you guys are throwing these boulders around 106 degrees i'm just like this could go really wrong yeah, and luckily, a, it wasn't the right road. We're not going to use it. We learned a lesson, but it went really right. We're not going to go into. We saved a, we saved a, a Polish uncle um, who was showing his his niece visiting from Poland uh, the beauties of Baja and got his sequoia stuck up to the axles and Nathan yanked that thing out with his uh, kinetic recovery ropes. But that was a another great treat. They bestowed a beautiful bottle of tequila on us and a couple of cold ones. And we were happy to get all of that and got onto San Felipe. And again, I think our route is pretty dang spectacular. So I'm going to recap starts in San Felipe in a hotel on the 15th, October 15th for driver's meeting. The event starts the morning of the 16th. We're heading West and we're going to make a counterclockwise loop around the peninsula West south, east, north, back to San Felipe. And we'll have, uh, what? how many nights of that? 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, camping, catered, beautiful chef-prepared meals, um, fantastic dirt, great people, old rigs, 1993 and older, or something that looks like 93 if it's on four wheels, 1980 and older for bikes, but the bikes are already sold out so you can't come on this trip but you better book soon for next year yep 2024 is already on on, on the website it's on the website yep. and we're going to wrap up uh back at a hotel in san felipe so everybody can collect their trucks and tow rigs and anything that they may have left there before they head north where's the best place for folks to find out about you and what you're doing adam um they can hit the website up which is www.speed deluxe.com uh all one word uh or you can find us on instagram which is um the actual vintage bike shop is speed underscore deluxe and the vintage rides are under uh vintage 1000 which is vintage the word one the number and thousand the word and that'll all be in the show notes um if you want to find out about bringing your vehicle and i'd love to talk to you about that let me know soon because those spots are booking up. But it's uh, old trucks, 1993 and older, or something that looks like a 93. So your Land Rover 
discovery guys, you probably qualify. Defenders, if you're willing to do it. If you've got a uh, Gen 3 Forerunner, come on, you can do that. FJ80s, you're in. Let's go. But bring out something old. Let's have some fun. We've got Tim and Kelsey coming in Tonto. They're FJ40. Shout out Tim and Kelsey at Dirt Sunrise. We've got three or four FJ40s signed up now. We're looking for some scouts. We're looking for some classic Broncos. Bring out the old stuff. Slowbaha.com slash adventures if you're interested in that. Speeddeluxe or one word.com. Speeddeluxe.com. Slowbaha.com slash shop if you're ready to pull the trigger. And again, Adam's uh, side is already sold out at speeddeluxe.com, but you better get on there early. Sign up for that Colorado trip or sign up for Baja next year. Oh, Baja, is Colorado already sold Colorado's out? Colorado's already sold out. <laughs> See how it works here? <laughs> so You better get on early. Get to know Adam because he's a little picky. He vets his guys closely, but get a classic bike, get onto that website, and we hope to see you in Baja next year on a motorcycle. And this year, in a classic 4x4, or your 911 Safari, or Sam Hurley in your E36 Safari. (laughs) All right, well, Adam, thanks. It's been an awful lot of fun. I'm going to miss you tomorrow. Man, I've had six solid days of machaca with you every morning <laughs> yeah no exactly it's been a great time so i'm looking forward to getting back together in uh october i'll see you in october all right buddy we did it hey i hope you enjoyed that conversation with adam uh our trip's going to be uh something really special so if you've got a vintage vehicle and you're thinking about jumping in do not hesitate uh, give me a call shoot me a dm do something and uh, let's talk All right, if you like what I'm doing here, folks, you know what you need to do. The folks with the tacos jingling in their pockets, you got to drop one in the tank. You got to, you know, it takes a lot to uh, do these things on the road, meeting people where they are, bringing in these stories, these, uh, you know, insightful and intimate. I hope they're insightful. I know they're intimate. But it takes a lot to do these things in person, and that's the only way I really want to do them. And so if you're enjoying it, please, please drop a taco in the tank. And if you don't have any tacos jingling in your pocket, I get it. Drop a five-star review. Say something nice on Apple or uh, Spotify. You can leave uh, reviews at either place now, and that doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything extra to be nice, as my dear old mom used to say. And while you're over there at Slow Baja making your donation, you can always cruise on over to the Slow Baja store and pick up yourself a, a new hat. And uh, we've still got some sweatshirts there. We've still got some white T-shirts, uh, bigger sizes. Black T-shirts are there. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your repping. I really do. I really, really, really love seeing photos that people send me to say, hey, I was at Pike's Peak. I saw a guy wearing a slow Baja t-shirt. Oh, I was at the Baja 1000. Dude was doing an interview wearing a slow Baja hat. I just love that. I really do. I'm trying to keep Baja slow, you know? Poco a poco. One piece of slow Baja merch at a time. All right. Well, Mary McGee, I'm going to quote Mary McGee's pal. We're going to get out of here. Mary McGee's pal, Steve McQueen, and he's a Baja lover. He made a lot of movies, spent a lot of time racing around in the dirt when he wasn't making movies. And he said it, Baja is life. Anything that happens before or after is just waiting. You know, I'm a minimalist when it comes to Baja travel, but the one thing I don't leave home without is a good old paper map. 
My favorite is the beautiful, and I mean beautiful, Baja Road and Recreation Atlas by Benchmark Maps. It's an oversized 72-page book. It's jammed with details. It brings the peninsula's rugged terrain into clear focus. Get yours at benchmarkmaps.com. In fact, get two. One for your trip planning at home and one for your Baja rig. And while you're at benchmarkmaps.com, you got to check out all their other atlases. I think they're up to 17 now, including British Columbia. They've got folding maps. They've got digital maps. They've got giant wall maps. My favorite, and I've got it up on my wall right here at Slow Baja HQ, is the 30-inch by 46-inch Baja wall map. It's so great to just look at one thing and see the entire peninsula there. I love it. Benchmarkmaps.com. Slow Baja approved. Huge news, folks. Huge news out of Ensenada this week. Cerveza Ria Trans Peninsular has added Slow Baja to the summer tap list. I can't believe it. That's right. You can walk right in to Cerveza Ria Trans Peninsular and order yourself a cold and frosty Slow Baja on tap. And that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. I'm heading to Baja this weekend to pre-run for the Slow Baja Vintage Expedition. I'm going to stop right there in Playitas de Ensenada, right next to the Hotel Corral and Marina. And I'm going to walk right in and I'm going to say, hey, bartender, I want a Slow Baja Cerveza. And he's going to pour me one. And Colin, the good-hearted owner of Cerveceria Transpeninsular, said he's going to drop a couple pesos in the tank for every uh, cerveza he sells this summer. So you buy yourself a cold, frosty Slow Baja beer. That helps Slow Baja stay on the road, bringing you these great podcasts. It's win-win. All right, I'll see you down there. Cerveceria Transpeninsular, limited time only this summer. Get yourself a Slow Baja on tap.